So good to have Percy Lowe with us this morning. It's good to have you here with us this morning too. Are you doing all right? Yeah. Are you looking forward to 2023? Be honest. <laughs> I reckon we've still got a hangover from 2022, 2021 and 2020. What do you reckon? You reckon there's a bit of a hangover? I think God wants to smash that hangover this year. I, I think that, that God really wants to get us back on track. Are you with me? If I'm really honest with you, which is always a good thing, um, I've been, I've, I found it hard the last three years to stay focused. With so much stuff going on around us, so many questions going on around us, so many things like church returning, but not returning really. It's been so different than we ever experienced yet. And 2020, before COVID kicked in, you know, the church was booming. We were really getting momentum. And then all of a sudden, everything come, it's, there's so much stuff going on. And, and when we look around at what's happening, it's so easy to lose focus, isn't it? It's so easy for our mind to wander. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, so often I find it quite difficult sometimes when I go to a conference and there's like four sessions a day and, and because I'm quite a simple person, I can handle about two sessions, but by the time the third session kicks in, I'm, I'm starting to, my mind's starting to wander. I'm starting to think about what my lunch options might be. Anybody thinking about lunch options right now? Lunch options might be, I, I was thinking about lunch options, I won't lie to you, while I was studying in my office this morning because both our kids are not around for lunch today, so then Trinity and I have options. Come on, how many people, parents know what that's about? And so it's so easy for us to wander, it's so easy for us to lose focus. Focus is actually hard, isn't it? Any person that's come into a new year and gone, you know what, this year I'm going to get physically fit. I've done this, I don't know how many years I've done this. And we're like, man, this is our year. Yeah, by the end of it, I'm going to have a six pack. It's all going to be going on. And within two weeks, the packet of chips come out and, you know, Netflix is calling me. You're looking at me like I'm the only person that does that. <laughs> It's so hard to stay focused. It's actually a fight to focus. Absolutely a fight to focus. I don't know about you, but three o'clock in the afternoon, how many people get three o'clocksies? You know? It's so hard to focus. It's, it's so easy to let our mind wander. The root word for distraction comes from a Latin word which means pulling apart. It's, it's so hard to focus because there's so many distractions for us. There's the kids' distraction. Mum, 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 mum. How many, how many, how many mums have had that these holidays? Mum. It's like you, you say yes after the first mum. You respond yes. And there's like another four or five after that, isn't there? Mum, yes, mum, mum. It's so easy to get distracted by everything that is around us. It's so hard to stay focused. Their Latin means pulling apart. It's like the drawing of the mind in different directions. 
I, I have to have a, if, if I'm going to spend some time in prayer, I have to have a notebook or, or something in front of me because I can guarantee you within five minutes of praying, I'm starting to think about a thousand other things that are going on, yes? Yeah. And so I have to have a notebook there so I can write those things down because otherwise my brain just spends the whole time going, you can't pray, you need to remember these things. So I write them down so that it's not a distraction to me. It's so easy to be distracted, so easy to be pulled apart. And here's the thing, the entire force of hell is trying to distract you from living for what actually matters the most. All of, all of hell, all of the world, all of everything is, is working overtime to distract us from the things that really matter. Every demonic force wants to pull you apart, divide your mind, discourage your soul, disengage your faith, distract you from the things that matter the most. You see, here's the thing. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. If he can distract you, then he doesn't need to destroy you because if he can distract you, then you're not doing your calling. You're not using your giftings. You're not doing the things that God has called you to do, so you're of no threat to him anymore. He doesn't have to destroy you. He's actually quite happy for you to be over here having your own little Jesus world as long as you don't fulfill what God has called you to do. And so he doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you because if you get distracted, you'll just destroy yourself because you'll make all the wrong choices instead of all the right choices. Are you with me today? I'm hoping this will be encouraging for you. Luke 10, 38 is a story of Mary and Martha, and, and um, there's some Marthas in the building, and you're going to get a little bit upset with me in a minute, but that's okay. You'll be all right. Luke 10, 38 says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was, was, look on the street, yeah, there we go, was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She was distracted. Mary's there taking it all in, and Martha is distracted. I don't actually blame Martha for being distracted because I'm pretty sure if Jesus was coming over to my house, my anxiety levels would be rather high. You'd be racing around, wouldn't you? Making sure there's enough food, boiling the jug, making sure that the tea and coffee are available, checking the toilet to make sure it's clean. Come on, you've got children. You're always going to check your toilet before visitors come over. Make sure it's clean. Make sure that somebody hasn't missed. Yes? I don't blame her for, for, you know, being distracted by all the preparations that needed to be made. You know, I I think she gets a bad rap sometimes, but I I get what's going on for Martha. But it, it goes on in the story, and it says, And she came to him, that is Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do all the work, tell her to help me. We all have those relations, eh? Those, those useless, no good person in the family who will remain nameless, that never ever help at a family event, but they always bring their Tupperware containers to take home leftovers. <laughs> Come on, you know the ones, and they take all the leftovers, eh? You know those ones in your family. Don't elbow them if they're sitting beside you. 
We all have that one in the family that's not very helpful at family events, don't we? Okay, it's just our family. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from here. You see, Mary's just sitting there at the Lord's feet while Martha is getting all the work done. You know, like Mary's just cruising, having a good time while Martha's working her butt off. Can anybody relate to that? Did anybody relate to that on Christmas Day, where it felt like everybody else was cruising and having a good time, and you were working your backside off? You see, I think, I think Martha gets a bad rap, and I and if you're a Martha, I thank God for Marthas, because if we didn't have Marthas, we wouldn't get fed. Martha's jacking up the food. How many people like to eat after a meeting? So Martha's jacking up the food. If the world was run by Marys, we'd all starve to death, because she'd be too busy fluffing around rather than focusing on making sure that we're fed. Martha sometimes gets a bad rap, and she's saying here to him, she's saying, Lord, don't you care that Mary's left me to do this all by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus actually shows her a lot of love in this statement, even though it might be viewed as a rebuke. It's actually him showing her a lot of love because he's saying to her, hey, Martha, you're worried and you're upset about many things. There's so much stuff that you're worrying about. There's so many things that are distracting you that you're getting upset about. Or another version puts it this way, you're worried and distracted by so many things, but few things are needed or few things are important. You've got all this stuff over here that you're worrying about, but he's saying, hey, hey, you need to understand that there's actually only a few things that are actually really, really important. And Jesus looks at Martha with love in his eyes, I guarantee it, and says to her, in this moment, in this time, Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken away from her. In other words, he's saying, hey, Martha, you've got a great heart, you've got good intentions, but you are distracted. You are losing focus of me because you're so distracted by all these things that you think that are important that actually aren't important. I think if we are honest with ourselves this morning, every single person in this room would say that a lot of our lives is lived in distraction. We get distracted by so many things. All the time, we get distracted. One of the things that um, distracts us a lot is this thing called ding, ding, ding. Oh, I, I just got a text. Oh, I just got an email. Or, or somebody's just posted a cat video. Uh, somebody's got to check my social media feed to see if I've got a comment or a like on the thing that I just posted. The picture, you know, my perfect hashtag that I put on that. You know, and then our kids have got to get to soccer, they've got to get to dancing, somehow we've got to get food into them, and we're running around like crazy idiots. 
When I was growing up, I played soccer, my brother played rugby, my sister Joanne played netball, and my sister Dowan played hockey. So a Saturday for my mum and dad was traveling all over Tauranga trying to get to four different sports and four different games at four different times. How many parents get what I'm talking about? Just like the, you, you would disappear at like eight o'clock on a Saturday morning and you wouldn't get home till three o'clock in the afternoon. And, and, and the whole day had been taken by not necessarily a bad distraction, but was certainly a distraction to the day. We've got so many places to go. We've got so many things to do. There's this and there's that. There's things like, do I fit in? Am I going to be popular? Are people going to like me? Am I living the right way? Do I have enough stuff? If I just have more stuff, I'll be happy. What are, we, what are people going to think about me? Where am I going to go? We've got all this stuff going on in our brain. There's all this distraction, all these worries, all these concerns. And he says, Martha, you're, you're distracted and you're upset about so many things, but only a few things really matter, like really, really matter, are really important. And Mary, Martha, has chosen the right thing. You see, Martha wasn't doing something bad. Hosting people in your home and making sure that there's tea and coffee and a bite to eat and making sure the toilet's clean and, and all those sorts of things, creating a beautiful atmosphere to host people in your home, it's not a bad thing. She's not doing something wrong, is she? Are you with me? She's actually doing something good. The problem is it just wasn't best. I think one of the biggest distractions in my life, and I'm sure it is in your life, is not working out whether something's good or bad, but working out whether something's good or best. There's a lot of good distractions out there today. Yes? There's a lot of good things that distract us. It's not so much working out whether that's a bad thing or a good thing, but working out is this the best thing. And if your enemy can't, get you to sin, he's going to get you distracted from using your life and your gifting and your calling and the things that God has placed within you. He'll distract you from using your life to honor God and making an eternal difference. And he will use bad distractions and good distractions. So how do we work out or how do we get on board with God so that God can help us make best choices rather than good choices. Are you with me today? The first thing that we're going to do if we're going to be able to make decisions that are best and not good and best that are not bad is we're going to diminish the distractions. You see, if we, if we want to live a life where we're more focused on him and more focused on the things that really matter, then we have to diminish the distractions. We have to get the distractions down to a bare minimum. Yeah? Yes? Come on, talk to me today. You see, I want to distance myself from that would, that would tempt me to be distracted. If there's something that's going to distract me from what I think is best or what is a priority to me, then I'm going to distance myself from that distraction. So the first thing you've got to do is you're actually going to decide what your priorities are. For me, I don't do the whole first is this and second is that and third is that and 
you know, to me, it's just, it's all in there together, and there are moments in our lives where different things take priority. It doesn't diminish any others. It just means that that's the season we're in. And so a priority for me, or something that's important to me, well, first of all, is always my relationship with God, yes? That's a priority, yes? Hello? I hope it's a priority for you. Second thing that's a priority for me is Trinity, because she's my better half. Then, then there's my family, my kids. Then there's the church is a priority for me. Work and making sure I have an income is a priority for me. Those are probably the five priorities that govern my life. So when I'm sitting there and there's beautiful weather between Christmas and New Year, and I'm thinking to myself, I should buy a boat. Because if we had a boat, we could go out on the harbour and we could just have a fantastic time, water skiing, fishing. How many people think that me getting a boat sounds like an awesome idea? And so I spent over an hour on Trade Me looking at boats. I was meant to be finishing a book that I was reading, and I had one chapter to go, but this boat sounds like a good idea to me. And I felt like God speak to me about an hour after me trolling Trade Me looking for a boat. And, and the funny thing was is it started out at, at an it started out me trolling boats at an affordable level. <laughs> I was pretty sure I could afford one that was anywhere from about eight to $10,000. By the time I, the hour had come up, I'm looking at thirty dollars to $40,000 boats because, you know, bigger is best. I felt like God say to me and say, look how easily you got distracted because you didn't process that thought for your priorities. And so I started to think about it. And here's the thing, and I'll share this with you, and I hope that this helps you. I started to think about it. It's one thing to purchase the boat. Could I afford to purchase a boat? Sure I can. But it's another thing to maintain the boat. It's another thing to put fuel in the boat. And then there's a thing that we never, ever think of. Do I have time for the boat? Like, if I'm going to get my value out of the boat, how much time do I need to set aside to use the boat so that I get my value out of what I've put into it? And if I need this much time, then how much time does that mean that Trinity will lose, that my children will lose, that the church will lose, that the calling and giftings of God upon my life will lose. And when you come to the end of that and you realize that my priority is God, my priority is family, my priority is Trinity, my priority is the church, my priority is the calling and gifting of God upon my life, a boat doesn't fit in with my calling. It's a distraction. Are you with me? Now, for you, it could be something else. I'm not against people going to the gym and getting fit and healthy, but I think when it becomes an idol to you, it's a distraction. It's gone really quiet. 
And so I want to distance myself from those things. 1 Corinthians 7.35 says this, I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. Hell wants to distract you from what matters most, and I want you to focus on the things that God has placed within you that actually matter most so that you can serve God best. I think one of the most, what, what, what would you say would be one of the most common distractions today? Not necessarily a bad thing, but certainly not a best thing. I'll give you one guess. Come on. This thing here is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I, can, I can access stuff like I was, uh, where was I the, the other day? Oh, I was at breakfast yesterday morning, and there was a question about, what was it, about birds or something or other, about bees, bumblebees. The bumblebees have nests in that like, like bees have. It was a weird conversation at breakfast, isn't it? But I was able to get my phone out, Google, what do bumblebees do? It was interesting. I mean, this phone is, is helpful when I'm lost and I can put the address into Google Maps. That's a good thing, yes? When, when I'm out and about um, on, the, on the golf course, it allows Trinity to be able to ring me whenever she feels like. That's a, that's a good thing, isn't it? You see, I would argue that this has become the most distracting, even though it's a helpful thing, it's become the most distracting thing in our lives. In fact, I would argue that there's now a new trinity, it's God the Father, God the Son, and the mobile phone. And although it does good, there are some people that get massive anxiety when they're separated from their phone. You know, you, you can be sitting there with somebody and they're talking to you and you hear ding and you can see it on their face. Like, I, I've got to check that. I've got a text. I've got a text. I've got a notification. Notification. It's like they're going through withdrawal, like they've just taken cocaine or something. While I'm on it, let me just say this. Do you know that statistics tell us or studies tell us that the average person cannot go more than 10 minutes without checking their phone? Do you know that statistics tell us that the average person touches their smartphone screen 2,817 times a day? I wonder what our lives would be like if we touched our Bible 2,817 times a day. If you wonder why your life isn't productive as you would like it to be, if you wonder why your relationships are not as intimate as you would want them to be, if you wonder why you're not as close to God as you would like to be, could it be that you cannot build anything meaningful when you are interrupted every 10 minutes with a little device? I, I don't know about you, but Trinity and I went out for a date. Hopefully you took your wife out for a date as well while you're on holiday. And we went to a place called Defontaines in Mission Bay, and, and um, I got a kg of mussels and a blue cheese sauce. 
And, um, but I'm looking around, and there's other couples there on dates, and their date consisted of this. No relationship being built, nothing going on, just looking at their phones. And since you're so quiet right now, I might as well stay on this for a few minutes longer. <laughs> Let's talk about social media for a moment. Do you know that statistics tell us, and this is proven facts tell us, that the average person spends two to three hours a day on social media? Do you know if you're young, if you spend two to three hours a day on social media, by the end of your life, you have spent seven years of your life scrolling and tapping? Seven years of your life, just going, like, like, seven years of your life on social media. Oh, somebody just commented. It's, social media is not necessarily a bad thing. I, I like that my sisters and that post stuff because I can see what's going on in their lives. But is it the best thing? Come on, are you with me? Let me say it, put it this way to you. Your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, and your God is too good to waste your life distracted by things that do not matter. Let me say that again for you. Your life is too valuable, your calling too great, and your God is too good to waste your life distracted by things that do not matter. Mary, why are you so worried, upset about so many things when only one thing right now really matters and that's been at my feet? Why are you worried about so many things in your life that actually do not matter, but you're spending no time at his feet where it does matter? So I try to diminish distractions. If I can't handle it, I'm going to put it away so I can be connected and intimately involved with the people that are in front of me because they matter so much more than a photo on a screen. I diminish distractions. I've started leaving my phone in the car and all over the place and not taking it with me because I don't want to be distracted anymore. I put my watch now onto flight mode because I was getting notifications to my watch. Even if I left my phone in the car, the watch is still telling me, ding, 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 until I just get rid of it. I just turn it off. I don't want distractions. I went into your local to get a coffee the other day, and I left my phone in the car because I don't want distractions and I go in there. There's six people that ordered coffees in front of me. All six of them are there like, on their phone, but I spent my five minutes waiting, talking to Rhea and the different people there, asking them how their New Year was, asking them how their Christmas was. They asked me, how's church going? And we actually had a conversation, and I had an opportunity to plant some seeds in their life about Christ and about the church and about what God's doing, because I wasn't distracted. Then I drove past the 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 bus stop on the way home and there's four people waiting for a bus at the bus stop all on their phones. When I was young and you were at the bus stop, you either talked to your mates or you talked to the person in the bus stop or you read a book. Sorry. We've got to diminish the distractions. I'm going to get through this stuff or I'm not going to get through it. Number two, we're going to treat distractions the same as sin. 
I'm not saying distractions are sin, but we're going to treat it the same as sin. I like what Solomon says about the immoral woman in Proverbs. He doesn't say, invite her over to your house for a drink and play truth and dare. That's a good idea. No, he says this in Proverbs 5.8. He says, stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. In other words, he's saying, don't stay close to something that can destroy you. I don't know what it is about humanity, and I put myself in the same corner, but we, we like to do this. How far can I go before I go too far? Let, let's live on the edge or the cliff of morality and see how close we can get to sin before we sin. Problem with that is, is when you live close to the edge, all you need is one day where you slip up and you're off the edge. Whereas if we do what Solomon says and we stay away from her house as far as we can, when we have a weekday, we might get to here. But we don't fall off the cliff. And so when it comes to distractions, I'm going to treat it like sin because distraction pulls me away from my priorities. God, Trinity, family, church, my calling, my giftings. And so when I look at something, I'm like, is that going to add to my calling and my gifting? Is that going to add to my relationship with God? Is that going to add to Trinity? Is that going to add to my family? Is that going to help and add to the church? Is this going to add to the way that I pastor and lead the church? Is this going to be helpful for everything that's a priority to me? And if it's not, then I want to live as far away from that as I possibly can because my life is too important, my calling is too important, my God is too good for me to live a distracted life. People in our community go to hell because we live distracted lives. How many people are so excited about 2023? Don't get close to that which can destroy you. Distance yourself from it. So when I have my time where I'm reading my Bible, I, I turn my phone off. You are not having a quiet time if you've got your Bible on one hand and you're answering texts in another hand. I turn it off because I don't need the ding, ding, ding going off in my head. And so I turn it off and I distance myself from it. Some of you need some noise cancellation features because you work with people that have a spiritual gift of loud. <laughs> They're just like... And it's just so distracting. Some of you have children that have a spiritual gift of loud. Can I get an amen? <laughs> and so we need to silence that stuff out so we can focus. We need to silence it so we can focus. So you've got you to come up with things that you can do where maybe as a husband and wife, you tag team. Hey, babe, I'm going to go and have my quiet time for the next half hour. You watch the kids, and then we'll swap over. Or do what I used to do when I was, before I was working at the church. If I wanted a time of silence to just spend my time, I would go and I would go and jump in my car and drive five minutes up the road from work and just sit in my car and read my Bible, eat my lunch, and just spend some time in silence. Some of you need to delete some of the apps you've got on your phone, that stupid Wordle game. 
What a waste of time. I'm going to cheat me wordle. In the big scheme of things, this is just a thought. I'm pretty sure when you get to heaven, God does not say to you when you, you know, before the throne of judgment, how'd you go with your wordle? (laughs) Pretty sure that's not important. If you can't go without social media, without checking it every five seconds, then maybe you need to delete it. Don't waste your life doing things. Spend your life doing things for God. Turn off the notifications. Some of you here, it might be people that are distracting to you. Some of the people you hang around have become a distraction. And look, I I get this. As Christ followers, we, we want to love all people. But when it comes to your inner circle, your close friends, you want to spend time with people that are going to sharpen you, that are, that are helping you and lead, we're leading each other together so that we can serve Jesus better. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, this bad company corrupts good character. Another thing that, that the Bible says this is, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fool suffers harm. Here's the crazy thing about all of that. As you walk with wise people, you become wise. If you walk with fools, you don't become a fool. You suffer harm. You get hurt. You get damaged. You cannot have a right life when you're always hanging around the wrong friends. Who you hang around is who you will become. Some of you are dating a distraction. Oh, it's gone quiet now. Listen to me. And if you're not dating, listen to me. This will help you. If he or she is distracting you from serving Jesus and leading you into sin and not treating you with respect and honor, press the delete button and get rid of them. How do you know if somebody's right for you? They make you a better person. They help you pursue Jesus more. They don't distract you from the pursuit of Jesus. They help you in your pursuit of Jesus. They don't distract you from your calling and gifting. They release you into your calling and gifting. If they are not doing that, delete. Because your calling is too important and your life is too important and your God is too good for you to waste your life on a relationship that is not enhancing what God has called you to do, but actually distracting you from what God has called you to do. I don't like the three-month quake. I don't care. If she is highly demanding... High maintenance girl, and you never do good enough, and she always wants more, and she wants big flash house and a big flash car, and you need to earn money and work harder so that we have all those things. If you're married, you can't do this, but if you're dating, run, <laughs> run for your life, far, far away. All right, have I finished on that one? (laughs) Diminish distractions. Third, I'm going to ask God to give me the power to focus on what's important. Proverbs 4.25, set your gaze upon the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Hebrews 12 says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, with fixed Gaze, we look ahead. Here's the thing. 
Fixed focus, fixed purpose leads to straight path. Oh, how, do, how, do I, how do I walk a straight path? How do I walk a straight way with God? How do I walk in a straight relationship? Fixed focus, fixed purpose. Focusing on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, keeping focused on him, not letting life's distractions pull us away from pursuing our relationship with him provides a straight, smooth path. Everything else will lead you off-road. And you might come back onto the path, but it's still going to take you off-road. Yes? This is why some people should use Google Maps, because I know some people who remain nameless that are part of our family, that when they went to Taronga, they went via Thames or something or other, and it took them twice as long as what it should have, because <laughs> they thought they knew the way. Peter walking on water is a classic example of this. He's in the boat. He's looking at Jesus. He says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. He hops out of the boat. The wind and the waves are crashing. It's not that the wind and the waves aren't crashing. They are crashing. But he is focused on Jesus. And while he's focused on Jesus, he's walking on the wind and on the waves. He's walking on the craziness, the storm. He's walking on the storm while his eyes are fixed on Jesus. But the minute he takes his focus off Jesus and gets distracted by the wind and distracted by the waves, he starts to to sink. You see, you can walk through incredibly difficult seasons if your focus is on Him. In fact, you can walk above them when our focus is on Him. Are you with me? Some of you are sinking and feeling overwhelmed and you feel less than other people. And you have to ask yourself, why is it that I'm sinking all the time? Could it be that I've lost focus of Him and I'm focusing on what's going on around me. You're looking at this and you're looking at that instead of living your life with a fixed purpose and a fixed focus on Jesus. And the only way that we can truly serve God is when we seek Him first. As Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And that's why the first thing of our day is not Instagram. It's not Facebook. The first thing of our day should be Jesus. Where we align our heart with him, where we ask him to give us the words to say today to whoever we encounter, where we let his word transform our heart so that we can bring glory and honor to his name. The first time of the day we give to Jesus, the first time of the week, what do we do? We gather together to worship him in the house of God. We gather with other people. We worship him together. We hear God's word together. We align our hearts for our week together because we put God first in our day. We put God first in our week. We put God first in our finances that when he blesses us with any increase, the Bible tells us that we are to give the first to him and that when we give the first to him, then he will bless us with the rest. Why? Because when we give our first we are saying to him, we worship you, we honor you, we love you, we trust you with our finance, we trust you. Here's the other thing, the Bible says this, where your treasure is, your heart is also. A lot of people are so easily shift around and move from church to church because they don't put their treasure and then their heart doesn't follow. You want to know where your treasure is? Look where your heart goes. Are you with me? We tithe because we put him first. And at the first of the year, what do we do? 
Well, what we're going to do here in February, we're going to fast for 21 days. Why? Because what we're saying to God is that I give my year to you. Fasting is not spiritual manipulation to get God to do what you want him to do. Fasting disconnects us from the world and prayer connects us to God. It's about setting time aside so that we can become more intimate with him, that we would make room for him. Eyes focused on Jesus. Here's, let me just get Maddie to come as I finish. I'm going way too long. And I just say this, I hope this helps you today, but can I just say this? You never wander into righteousness. You never stumble into effectiveness. You never just fall into bringing glory to God. These things don't happen by accident. They happen because we're intentional about it. They happen because we don't get distracted by the things around us, but we stay focused on Jesus. We fixed our mind on what matters most. It's intentional, and it needs to be intentional because every demonic force in hell is trying to distract us from being focused on Jesus. Ding, 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 look at this, look at that. Buy a boat, don't buy a boat. Buy a jet ski, that'll be better. All these distractions, all of them. He says only a few things are really important. And because only a few things are really important, I'm going to distance myself from distractions. I'm going to focus on what is important. And last, I'm going to listen to the voice of God. And I listen to his voice. Isaiah 30, 21 says this, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. I love the picture that this has because it's a picture of God being behind us and whispering in our ear, this is the way. Turn that way. Turn this way. You know, I used to say all the time to God, why, why do you whisper? I'm, I'm a bit stupid. I don't know about you, but I'm a bit stupid. You're, you're probably not, but I am. And so rather than whispering, if you could just put it in neon lights, I'll get it. You know, like if you could just put it on a big screen in front of my face, I'll get what you're saying. Or if you could just shout at me a little bit. But why do you whisper? Because whispers can only be heard by those that are in close proximity to the one who whispers. I never hear from God. God never speaks to me. Are you in proximity to Him? Or are you distracted by a whole lot of loud noises? Proximity allows you to hear the voice of God. And then you hear, hey, you can go that way. That's good. But if you go this way, that's best. This is better. Walk in this way. When you seek God first, you'll hear Him. He'll speak to you. You'll open up His Word and He'll speak to you through His Word. He'll speak to you through the Holy Spirit. 
If you have ears to hear, you're going to hear him. How do we have ears to hear? We get in close proximity to him. He'll speak through people to you. He might speak through a message to you. He might speak through a song to you. He may even speak through circumstances to you. If you have ears to hear, in other words, if you're in close proximity to him, if you've made him your priority, your focus, you're not getting distracted, you're going to hear his voice saying, hey, choose this way or choose that way or walk this way. Your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. Then your God is too good to be distracted by the things that don't last. Listen to his voice. He will direct you. He's a good, good father. He's not mean. He's not horrible. He's not hiding. If you hear, if you listen for his voice, you'll hear it, but you've got to get close to him. You've got to be in proximity to where he is. You can't get distracted. Here's the thing. There's only a very few things that are really important in life. And you get to choose what they're going to be. You don't have to choose the same things I choose. You get to choose what's important to you. All I'm asking is that you get close enough to Him to hear His voice so that you choose best. Not good, but best that you think about what you're choosing and what is going to, what priority do you have could, could be sacrificed on the altar of that distraction. Just close your eyes just for a moment. Your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. Your God is too good for you to waste your life on things that don't last. And so, Father, for every single person in this room or listening online right now, God, I pray that you would help us. Help us choose what's best. Give us the power of your Spirit to overcome all the demonic forces of destruction that we can one day hear the voice that tells us, well done, my good and my faithful soon. Help us shut down the noise of all the distractions. Help us to distance ourselves. Help us to diminish the distractions so that we're living our lives by what's really important. Not what's good, but what's best. Father, I pray for every single person in this room right now. Lord, I break off all the distractions of the, especially the last three years of our lives. I break off all the noise of the news and the world and everything that they're saying. We put on spiritual noise-canceling headphones right now, and we say, we just want to hear your voice. We turn off, we turn down, we delete the distractions, and we tune into you. We're going to focus, we're going to fix our gaze, and we're going to focus because then our path will be straight because we will walk where our focus is. And if we focus on you, God, we're going to walk straight. We're not going to have to worry about anything else. We're going to walk straight. God, I pray that every single person in this room, including myself, would live with eternity in mind, not the here and now, but with eternity in mind. Is this significant to my eternity? If not, it's a distraction. 
it's a distraction. So God, help us. Help us this year to focus in, to narrow in on all that you are. In Jesus' name.